You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You've heard what Gary and Sparky have to say about the Packers game. Now let's hear what Dan Plucker has to say on Green and Gold OT on 1250 AM, The Fan. Yes, it is. It is green and gold OT here on 1250 AM. The fan, the game might be over. The post game show might be over, but we are still rolling on here for the next two hours. I'm Dan Plucker, usually the producer on the other side of the glass for the Wendy's Big Show. Now on the Big Show Radio Network, you can hear that from 10 to 2 across our great state of Wisconsin and here in Milwaukee. And now I'm in front of a mic talking to you guys about this game and the devastating game that was as the Packers fell to the Buccaneers 31 to 26 in devastating fashion. Like I said, definitely not the way that we all wanted this game to go, not the way we anticipated it to go all week. We were talking about the potential for this Packers team to maybe blow out the Buccaneers, have their chance at redemption in this football game against Tom Brady, who the Packers traveled to Tampa earlier this year and lost to now Brady up in Green Bay, and they just didn't have enough to get it done in the NFC Championship game, losing for the second straight year. It all started off with a touchdown on a 66-yard drive from Tom Brady and the Bucks for a 7-0 lead, marching all the way down the field. Mike Evans beating Kevin King twice on that drive and just not an ideal day for Kevin King and this Packers secondary, uh, at least to start off the game. A couple drives later, the Packers take over, tie the game 7-7. to Rodgers marches the team down the field, finds MVS on a 50-yard score. A beautiful pass, a beautiful play, tied up the ball game. Buccaneers respond quickly, though. Tom Brady marches him down the field, four plays, 73 yards, with a deep pass to Chris Godwin. Followed by a run, 20-yard run, Leonard Fournette hit the B button, did a spin, and found his way into the end zone, 14-10. Packers field goal, after that, that was made at 14-10. Interception came a couple drives later, Aaron Rodgers trying to force one in there, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit of holding as well from a Buccaneers defender, and you can't give Tom Brady even the slightest amount of time. They line up. It looks like they might be just going for a first down and a field goal. Packers call timeout. They set a defense to kind of match that. And then Scotty Miller burns by, guess who? Kevin King finds a way for the for Brady to score a touchdown, 21-10 to 10 into the half. And it's it started the second half started just as ugly. 
Aaron Jones catches a football, fumbles it, and is also injured on the play. We don't see him for the remainder of the ball game. The Buccaneers quick pass to Cameron Brait, score a touchdown, and all of a sudden, it's a three-possession game, and the Packers on the outside looking in, hoping to try to fight for a comeback. I said, though, on Twitter, you can follow me at Dan Plucker. That's P-L-O-C-H-E-R on Twitter. I said, you know, if there's one man outside of Tom Brady who can lead a team back in a situation like this, it is Aaron Rodgers, and he did just that. I mean, Rodgers helped the team. He played great in the third quarter. Two touchdowns, and the defense stepped up. I mean, they were struggling for the entirety of the first half, and they stepped up three picks on Brady in the third and fourth quarters. The Packers fought back to 28-23, following a couple touchdowns, Jair Alexander, two picks, and all of a sudden, this is a football game again. We have people, I I was sitting watching a game with a bunch of other Packers buddies, and they're just like, oh, we're we're out of this, we're down and out, like, this is over. We, we, we don't, we don't have a chance to even, should we even watch the rest of this football game? And I said, yes, you have to watch the rest of this football game when you have Aaron Rodgers on your roster and the man leading your locker room, the man leading your team. And he did just that. What a great performance from him in that third quarter. We get into the fourth though, and a little bit of iffiness there. I mean, he, he, he went to the defense and said, get me another stop. Get me another stop. They did that. They did it multiple times and Rodgers never took the ball all the way down the field and scored again. They didn't, they didn't put it in the end zone again after that. I mean, the defense did their part, and I'm not blaming this loss on Aaron Rodgers by any means. Rodgers played fantastically, like I said, 381 yards and three touchdowns in the game. Outside of the one interception, he, he played a fantastic football game today, but it, it, just, it, it still just wasn't enough. The, the field goal from the Buccaneers late in the fourth quarter put the game back up at eight points. And then, one last chance, the Packers march the ball down the field again. Nine plays, 58 yards. They're on the goal line. And don't put it in. Again, again, three plays in a row. They do not find a way to put it in the end zone in goal line situations. And Matt LaFleur maybe maybe makes the most puzzling decision, the most bipolar, I guess you can say, decision of the game and potentially of this season. And it's how this season will be remembered They kick a field goal instead of going for it on fourth down. And unfortunately, they they don't get the ball back again. He was banking on the defense, making another stop. And to their credit, they had plenty of opportunities, and they almost did it. But Kevin King, uh, he must have just been cursed today because he got called for a pass interference penalty. I don't think that it makes a lot of sense because, honestly— there were a lot of pass interference penalties on both sides for the entirety of the game that were just not called. The refs did not blow their whistle for most of this football game, but when it came down to the crunch time, the Packers give Tom Brady another chance. We all know how much the NFL loves Tom Brady. We all know how much, how, how lucky, I guess you can say, as Gary Ellerson and Steve Sparky Pfeiffer have been putting it the last couple hours, how lucky Tom Brady has gotten over several years and just how tainted his career has been because of these lucky calls and the cheating and the scandals and it goes on and on. Still, he reaches his 10th his tenth Super Bowl, which is just wild to think about after Kevin King trips up over Chris Godwin and the Packers don't get another chance to get the football in their hands to march down the field and score. Final score, 31-26. to 26. A lot, a lot 
that you Packers fans should be frustrated about a lot for us to talk about today, but I want you to just pinpoint one thing. If you had to pick just one thing that upsets you the most in this football game, what is it? I, I want to hear from you because there, there are several things that you can be furious about. The defense in the first half, how they allowed five of six third down conversions to Tom Brady in the first half, at least at the start off the half. And I think it was like eight of nine in the first half total, along with 181 yards being in do or die situations, whether it be third, fourth down or that long touchdown to end the second half, all do or die situations Tom Brady took advantage of for for whatever reason. So you can call talk about that. Let's talk about the field goal, the decision to kick the field goal instead of going for a touchdown. We can talk about Kevin King. This is your time. Call 414-799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. What upsets you the most about this football game? What do you want to talk about the most? Let's start with L in Philly. L, you're here with Dan Plucker on Green Gold Overtime. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's up, L? How's it going, man? Yeah, the, the phone lines were on fire earlier. Oh, I'm yeah, all, all day, man. I mean, when you lose like that in that fashion to that quarterback – you got to expect it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, it's it's kind of hard to just say I'm mad at this one thing. That's pretty tough to just say that. But, um, I mean, I'm quite sure everybody that's called, so many people called, you pretty much want to people on repeating the same thing over and over again. Right. But, um, yeah, man, I just uh, I just feel like I don't I don't even want to hear about no pass interferences and, and the phantom calls or anything like that because we had plenty of chances to win this game. Oh, no doubt. And, and we left it on the field, like. I don't understand what was going on down there at the goal line with that last possession that we had. But, you know, first play you had the screen that they uh, – the RPO that they you – know, Aaron Rodgers threw it behind Alan Lazard. Regardless whether he was alert and he was up to even see the ball come, it was still thrown behind him. Second play, I don't even know what that crap was. Third play, you could have ran and at least got some type of positive yardage. I mean, I don't expect you to score because you're not that fleet of foot, but you would have made from uh, – uh, third and goal from the eight to at least like fourth and goal to the four or something. And then you could have just went for it on fourth down. And then worst case scenario, you got Tom Brady backed up by in his end zone with two time, with three timeouts and prior to the two, and you still had the two minute warning, but you take a field goal. Like what in the world, the whole purpose of uh, Mike McCarthy leaving was because people were saying he wasn't aggressive enough. He was so conservative. Now the ghost of Mike McCarthy jumps into Matt LaFleur's body, and now he's calling a similar play that with, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's, uh, McCarthy? McCarthy would have called. Big Matt would have called. So it's like, I mean, yeah, yeah Kevin King, we already know he's not going to come back next year. He's done. Right. Um, and, and now even with Aaron Jones, like, it's up in the air with him. Like, Aaron Jones got a real reality call about it. You went ahead, you got offers from the Packers, you turned them down, you hired Drew Rosenhaus as your, as your agent, tried to see up here and start to get you max money. You're not gonna get max money now when they see how you performed in these uh in, in the game that counts the most. You can't even hold on to the ball. So I mean I don't know. I think the the the, the only thing that scares me is I was looking at Aaron Rodgers um his contract. Mm-hmm. He has a chance to opt out in 2022. He does, and who so, knows? Maybe so, he's out of here. Phil, L, you're totally right. Right. So that's the only thing that's now. Now I think about it. That's what scares me. Not that we're having today. That that right there. But All right. Thanks, yep, I totally get what you're saying, El. Thanks for talking your piece here on Green Gold Overtime. I'm Dan Plucker. 
More room for you with him dropping off. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. We're going to take a break here, but when we come back, we'll keep this discussion going. If you had to pick just one thing that upsets you the most here in this football game, what would it be? It's the Packers lose to the Buccaneers 31-26. to It's green and gold overtime here on 1250 AM. The Fan, I'm Dan Plucker. You're listening to Green and Gold OT with Dan Plucker on 1250 AM. The Fan. Brady goes for the deep shot. He's got a touchdown. Scotty Miller. Oh, my God. Scotty Miller got behind the defense and for 39 yards gets the touchdown. And what a half by Tom Brady. Man, maybe the most infuriating play of the football game for the Packers. Let's get your opinion. If you had to pick just one thing that upsets you the most in the Packers loss, what would it be? 414-799-1250. This is Dan Plucker. You usually don't hear my voice. I'm usually on the other side of the glass during the Wendy's Big Show. Now in the middays here on 1250 AM, the fan also across the entire state of Wisconsin. Now I'm in front of a mic hosting for all of you people, Sam Schmitz, here with me as well. Producer extraordinaire does a little bit of everything here. We appreciate all of his work. Let's get back to that play, though. That Scotty Miller play, because there's so much more to talk about here than just the 39-yard touchdown, I think it was. There's so much more here, because the play before, Will Redmond has a ball go straight through his hands. He had an interception go. It was literally right to him, and it falls right into his hands. And then it's fourth down. Brady and the Bucks decide to go for it. They line up. Timeout. Mike Pettin decides he doesn't like the look. Matt LaFleur doesn't like the look. They switch it up. And I think it was because they were fear for, fearful of a field goal situation coming. And so instead, they bring the guys up in press coverage. It's a cover one. Man-to-man defense across the board. And Kevin King, a bigger, bigger cornerback, lined up against Scotty Miller, who's shorter, a little bit more speed, on the inside as well, and he just torches them. I mean, it, it was almost no contest. Kevin King got blown by by Scotty Miller, a guy that usually is not even a starter since Antonio Brown has been there. If Antonio Brown had not been hurt, probably would not have played very large of a role in this football game. Instead, he catches the biggest touchdown of the game and has a major swing in the game because when the Packers took over the possession before, I thought, oh, man, they have a chance to take the lead here and get the ball out of the half and potentially go up by two possessions. Instead, it was a huge flip of the script, and the Packers find themselves behind by two scores. And then also Aaron Jones fumbled to start the third quarter. Another score for the Buccaneers, down three scores. It, it all went downhill I think on that specific play, that Scotty Miller play, and it looks like a lot of you agree with me on Twitter, 190-something votes here already on our poll question at 1250amthefan.com. What upsets you the most in this football game and the Packers' loss? Scotty Miller's first half touchdown, 64%, not converting on interceptions, 19%, field goal on the last drive instead of going for the touchdown to win it. 13%. Some people saying, where's the Kevin King option? Uh, Jeremy says, my other was Redmond, the drop that I had just talked about right before the Miller touchdown. Um, Jones fumble, another one. That's from Brian. 
Play calling in the red zone. That's from Dispatch. Third down defense from Corey. I mean, there, there's so much to be frustrated about, but what's the one thing that just ticked you off the most in this game? Let's go to Brad on the line. Brad in New Jersey. Brad, you're here on Green and Gold Overtime with Dan Plucker. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you, Brad? Um, what do you got for me? I'm good. I mean, I got like a, a list of things. but For sure. The number one thing would be uh, Lafleur uh, not going for it on fourth down at the end of the game. But I, I think that all relates to things earlier and the – one of the main things was third down defense early in the game. Oh, definitely. It was a disaster. And, and it went on, and there was no changes. Um, secondly, Kevin King, I mean, from the interviews I heard, he was being targeted because they heard about his injury and everything else, and maybe Tremont should have been put in there or something else. And then, uh, it's not, as bad as it sounds, Aaron Jones just didn't match up with their defense, and Something tells me they should have uh, switched uh, Jamal and uh, A.J. Dillon in there earlier. Yeah, part of me was wondering the same thing, Brad. Yeah, so, so that's pretty much it, but... No, definitely. Thanks for the call, Brad. Thanks for airing your grievances with us here on Green and Gold OT. And he's absolutely right. I was wondering the same thing right before the show. Sam and I were talking, and I was like, Sam... Where was Tremont Williams tonight? Like, I, I I understand this is a quick turnaround. He was literally on a different team a week ago playing in a playoff game with the Baltimore Ravens. But Tremont Williams has played for this Packers team before. He's played in this system before. He, he knows Mike Pettin's system. He knows the way that the Packers like to do things defensively. And when you have a guy like Kevin King struggling as much as he was, when you have Will Redmond dropping interceptions, when you have... Chandon Sullivan kind of struggling at the beginning of the game, and he really picked it up in the second half. He had a much better second half than he had at the start of the game. But part of me was just wondering, I mean, why not give Jermon Williams a shot? And then Aaron Jones on that second fumble, because that was the second fumble of the game. He fumbled earlier on. Thankfully, it was picked up by big Bob Tunyon, and the Packers didn't turn over the ball that time. But the second time, they certainly turned the ball over, and it was in a very precarious situation as they were then backed up against their own goal line. One play, touchdown, boom, to Cameron Bright, and just like that, you're down three scores. After that play, I thought to myself, I don't know if we're seeing Aaron Jones again in this football game, and I don't know if we're seeing Aaron Jones again in a green and gold uniform. Like, I'm not saying that one play defines his whole career here in Green Bay, but I mean, the writing's kind of on the wall here. He signed with a new agent. They have to pretty much restart with all of this contract negotiation in the offseason. Was that the last time we see Aaron Jones? And was that the last play that we see Aaron Jones make for the Packers? It would be a, a horrible way to end what has been a solid couple of years with Aaron Jones, especially the last two years, an excellent last two years from Aaron Jones, but very well could have been the last time that we see him. What do you think? 414-799-1250. What ticked you off the most in this game? Let's go to Joe in Utah. Joe, you are here on Green and Gold OT with Dan Plucker. I should have uh, let Jordan Love play like a Taysom Hill. Okay. That, the, that that what makes me mad that they draft them in the in the NFL draft and they don't even use them this year. Yeah, no, that I can totally understand that remark, Joe. Thanks for the call. Uh, I, I understand people's frustration with Jordan Love, and I want to get into that in a little bit. 
uh, to be honest with you. But I don't know if that's something we're going to touch on here. I personally would not have played him in a Taysom Hill-like situation. I don't think he's suited to play a role like that. Taysom Hill has played so many different positions throughout his entire career, and he's excelled quite a few of them, especially on special teams. But I, I don't know if... Jordan Love necessarily has the same athletic capabilities of that as uh, uh, Taysom Hill. So so we'll move on from that. But but there is definitely still a lot of things that you can be upset about. And maybe maybe it is the draft. Hey, and I, I get what Joe's trying to say. He's trying to say, you know, maybe we didn't get enough talent for Aaron Rodgers this year. Maybe that was the case. And there's certainly arguments either way on that. But playing him in that role would not be the way that I have gone about this. Let's go to CD on the north side. CD, you're here on Green and Gold Overtime. What's going on, buddy? Hey, what's up, man? Um, I don't think we really haven't touched on the offensive line, especially Rick Wagner. Absolutely. He's his brains beat in all day. The guy looked as slow. He looked at kind of a little bit overweight. He wasn't holding his arm. Um I don't know. It just had Aaron just rattled on it. Offensive line, Plato's defensive line for the Buccaneers. He just get rattled. Offensive line seemed like they kind of scared and timid. I just don't know what was going on with that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, CD. Thanks for the call. I mean, today, last week it didn't really show. Last week was the first game the Packers have played without David Bakhtiari, and. This week it did. Like, you could tell David Bakhtiari was not on that football team. He is the anchor of that offensive line, along with Corey Lindsley, Elton Jenkins. They've all had a fantastic season. Maybe the best offensive line in football throughout the entirety of the year, but that was not the case tonight. Uh, The flexibility of Billy Turner was extremely impressive this season. Hats off to him. Uh, I think Aaron Aaron Rodgers called him the most underrated player on this football team this past week just because he's moved around and played almost every position on this offensive line and done so well. Not not perfectly, not at an all-pro level, but he's done so well. And when you have that kind of talent on a roster, if somebody goes down, the next man up mentality becomes a lot easier. But... CD was absolutely right. Ricky Wagner did not have the greatest football game today. He played a little bit injured, and maybe that means Adam Stenovich, the offensive line coach, should have made a change, should have put gave somebody else an opportunity. John Runyon has filled in relatively well throughout the season. But that, I mean, five sacks today for the Buccaneers. Five. They got, they got to Aaron Rodgers, and the Packers did not do the same thing. They did not get to Tom Brady very much in this football game at all. I mean, I, they they pressured him to make some make some bad throws a few times. I think there was two sacks in the football game total for the Packers defense, maybe just one. But when when you cannot win up front, it is really hard to win a football game. And the Packers offensive line, for the most part, was not winning up front today. Rodgers did not have a lot of time to move in the pocket. The the and the credit to the Bucks defense as well. They played. A fantastic football game. For the second straight time, they faced the Packers, the number one offense in football. Whatever they do, they do right. And they, last week, they held Michael Thomas to no catches. This week, and I, I was wondering, are they going to have a chance to shut down Devontae Adams? And and is that's, in my opinion, a tougher matchup than Michael Thomas was. But they sure did a pretty good job of it. Nine catches for 67 yards for Devontae Adams today. Didn't crack 100 yards. He did score a touchdown, but... They they pretty much put the clamps down on Devontae. Thankfully, MVS stepped up, and he was a big reason why the Packers stayed in this football game for as long as they did. He had some big plays. But let's get back into it. If you had to pick just one thing that upsets you the most in this football game, 
what would it be? 414-799-1250. Let's take one more caller here before the break. Tony in Greendale. Tony, you're here on Green and Gold Overtime with Dan Plucker. Yeah, hi. Um, with, with me, there's three or four things that just had me pulling my hair out. But one of them on offense, when we were on offense, was we went so many times we telegraphed that we were throwing the ball. Aaron Rodgers is there all alone. No backs in the backfield, zero backs backfield. And all Tampa does then is they tee off, okay? You can tee off. And I just thought the whole game plan was terrible when it came to that. You know, they knew what they were up against with that line. Mm-hmm. And I just thoroughly, I mean, I could go, I could need four or five other things. We were out coached. We were out coached when we went to the two point conversion early. We should have never done that. Yeah. You know, and, and then, and, and even Aaron himself, he could have ran. For the touchdown, as far as I'm concerned, or maybe got hit around the two. It would have been close, Tony. You're right. It I think close, but it, it would have been close. That, it was like everything. It was like they, they seemed like they were running on seven cylinder, uh, five cylinders of a six cylinder car. You know, whatever. They were off the whole game. Too many long seven step dropbacks for Aaron Rodgers sitting back there. Instead of they didn't hit. I think he rolled out once. You know, do something to you know. Stop that rush, or you know, or to—I don't know. It just—they could have. So I, I agree, Tony. I get what you're saying. Thanks for the call. Uh, I do think that they could have helped a little bit by putting a tight end on Ricky Wagner's side. We saw it a little bit, a couple different plays. Somebody just there to help chip, maybe even to help block. Because, I mean, CD was right. They were Jack Barrett and, and Dominican Sue, Levante David. They were all getting around that corner around Ricky Wagner and. There wasn't really much he could do about it, and and the Packers they they decided to kind of get away from the run in the second half, pass the ball more, and they they didn't give they didn't give their offensive line a lot of help, and that's that was putting faith on the offensive line, and and what you could see throughout the course of this football game is the Packers put faith in their players, and it just. It didn't work out in several different occasions. We'll talk a little bit more about that next. I'm Dan Plucker here on Green and Gold Overtime on 1250 AM, The Fan. You're listening to Green and Gold OT with Dan Plucker on 1250 AM, The Fan. Brady floats it, pass incomplete. Johnson was the target. Kevin King in coverage, and I'm telling you, that flag came in very late. Let's take a closer look at this. There was the jersey grab. Pass interference, defense, number 20. Molly plays for the spot of the foul. First down, Tampa Bay. It came in really late, Joe. It came in so late. I was hesitating, waiting, waiting, and then a flag came. It was very late. Very, very late. And it has to make you think just a little bit. And I know we as Packers fans, we as Packers Nation, like to pick specific moments of football games where we lost the football game there. But, I mean, I I don't know what to tell you. There, there were a lot of other situations where the Packers failed to capitalize on some key opportunities in this football game. It's Dan Plucker, usually the producing on the Wendy's Big Show, now here hosting Green and Gold OT after the Green and Gold postgame show, after the Packers lose to the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game and lose their second straight 
NFC Championship game in a very rough scenario just in general for all. But that that play, I'm surprised, did not receive uh, many votes so far here on, uh, on our Twitter poll. What is leading here on 12, at 12.50 a.m., the fans still, is the Scotty Miller touchdown at the end of the first half being the most frustrating play in the ballgame. What is your most, most fr- frustrating play of this football game in the Packers' loss? 414-799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. We'll hopefully be getting Matt LaFleur in his press conference here coming up in about 10, 15 minutes. But right now, we're asking you this question, and I I honestly haven't answered it yet myself. For me, what was the most frustrating scenario in this game, what ticked me off the most, however you want to put it, was the Packers not capitalizing on three straight turnovers. I mean, the first half, all we were doing was asking for the defense to make a stop. That's all we were doing. We were just saying, okay, Packers defense, we need you to stop them. Right now, we need you to stop them this play. We need to stop this drive so we can try to get back in this football game because the offense, for the most part, was humming in the first half. They played pretty well to start off the second. And, well, after, of course, the Aaron Jones fumble. But y- you felt kind of like, okay, we're building up here. They maybe have a shot to get back into this thing. And then all of a sudden, like, the Packers' defense just, or Packers offense just died as soon as the defense picked up. It was an interception. Packers scored that, that drive. Um, next ensuing drive for the Buccaneers, a pick from Jair Alexander off a tip pass in the middle. It looked like the Buccaneers were going to score on that drive, maybe even a touchdown, maybe a field goal and kind of, you know, put the Packers back to bed there. But no, no, they, they, the, the Packers found a way to force a turnover. Jair Alexander made his first of two interceptions on the game. The Packers get the ball three and out and they punt, get the ball back to Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, which you never want to do. And what happens? Jair Alexander, another pick off of a wonderful blitz from Darnell Savage, just kind of hucked the ball up there, did Tom Brady, and Jair Alexander found a way to come down with it again. So the Packers get another chance. They get another chance to take the lead. Another chance to get back into this football game, and they squander it again. Three and out, Rodgers sacked, and they're just in this scenario. They're in this cycle where the defense is making stops and the Packers' offense isn't getting it done. And to start the fourth quarter, Rodgers goes to his defense and says, we need one more stop. We need one more stop from you. After that, he was 5 of 12 for 57 yards. 5 of 12 after telling his defense that they needed to get the job done. They both needed to get the job done. And... As I said earlier, not blaming this loss on Aaron Rodgers. He played a hell of a football game. He played an MVP-level football game. He he found a way to get this team back. He was the one that willed the team back into this game after what was a disastrous two minutes of game time between the last play in the first half and the first couple of plays in the second half from the Packers' offense and defense. But they just couldn't piece it all together at once. And it cost them. And that, to me, was the most infuriating part of this football game. What about you? 414-799-1250. Let's get to Irv on the south side. Irv, you're on Green and Gold Overtime with Dan Plucker. Hey, man. Sorry I'm coming calling in again. But listen, uh, what frustrated me was that when Rodgers went to the defense and said we needed that stop, they got the stop. 
and to me, the Packers just stopped running their offense. They, it's, I call it the hero syndrome. Like him, I don't know if it was him or if it was Lafleur. They kept trying to uh, catch some deep passes instead of running their offense, keeping the defense on their toes, slowing down the blitz with the little crossing passes, the little screen plays. That's what got them back in the game. When they started running their offense, you know, the screen plays to Jamal Williams, that's how they got back in the game. And then when they got the turnovers, they just went away from it. It was, you know, drop back three steps, throw it down the field. You know, the defense just kept blitzing. And then with that, you you look, Ricky Wagner was getting ate up. He was. So how about move, How about move? Uh, what's the all-pro name? Um Jenkins. Elton Jenkins. Yeah, move him to the outside, brain game Runyon, and say, Ricky, you know what? You tried it. You're done. They they made no adjustments on that line. He was getting ate up. He was limping out there. You could see him limping. He had trouble. He did. And they just kept they just kept teeing off on him. You're totally right, Irv. Thanks for the call. And I mean, yeah, I mean, he 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 agrees with me. It was it was not taking advantage of the multiple turnovers that the Packers defense gave to Aaron Rodgers. And it was a travesty in the making. It was it was the dark cloud of doom that we talk about at this station when with Wisconsin sports. They came so close yet again to making a Super Bowl run, to getting to the promised land, and they just fell short again. Four straight times for Aaron Rodgers and this Packers team that they have missed the mark and not gotten all the way to the Super Bowl. And some may question after the press conferences today especially Rodgers' press conference, whether or not this is the last time that we see this team get this far. They're losing a lot of players in the offseason, and frankly, like they're, they're, losing, they're losing a lot of talent. They're losing a lot of key role players on both sides of the ball. And as bad as Kevin King was today, for the most part this season, he had his ups and downs, but he was a better player this year than any other year in his career. And then you look at, you look at the offensive side of the ball, Aaron Jones on the way out, Jamal Williams potentially on the way out, leaving A.J. Dillon a second-year guy. Is he going to be good enough to keep this Packers running game going? There's a lot of question marks on both sides of the ball as we enter this offseason. But, Sam, before we get into a little bit more of that, what 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 was the one moment or the one couple of moments in this game that just ticked you off the most more than anything else? I'm with you guys. It was definitely the not capitalizing on those three interceptions because, look, we can break down the the field goal later on and all that in the last drive. We can talk about the Scotty Miller first-half touchdown and all that, but I think as Packer fans, we're all just praying to get at least a stop, knowing how well they were converting on third down, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that is. And once you did get a stop, I mean, just not to be able to get anything on it, credit to Tampa Bay, they got timely sacks and all that, but... The way Brady was dealing in the first half, I, I think you were going to be lucky to get you know one or two if you told me. But the, I mean, look, you won the turnover bat, you won the turnover ratio at the end of the day, yeah. three to two. It's crazy because they, not only did they win the turnover battle, they also gained more yards than Tampa Bay did. Yes. Usually, if you gain more yards than the other team and you win the turnover battle, you're not losing the football game. But today, because of the way they squandered away. They're, those possessions late in this football game is the reason why they are not heading to Tampa Bay to play in the Super Bowl. That's a, that's just that's the number one reason. Sure, we like to pick out specific moments, specific scenarios. The Scotty Miller touchdown, the decision to kick a field goal instead of keeping the ball in the MVP's hands. All of those things were important moments. Don't get me wrong, but when you have three opportunities off of turnovers 
to march down the field and put your team back in the game and give your team the lead, and you score one out of those three times, you don't deserve to go to the Super Bowl. You don't. Your defense gave you every single opportunity. This is not a world in, in football where your defense is going to hunker down and hold a team to 10 points, to 14 points in a game. We don't live in that NFL anymore. If you have any questions about that, look at the AFC championship game right now. The Chiefs are up 38-21, to 21 and they're, it's, it's all offense. There's not a single defensive play in this entire game. And that's what the NFL has turned into. It, it, it is no longer the 85 Bears locking you down to zero points, to 10 points, to 14 points in a ball game. It is, can your team take opportunities away from the other team? Can they force turnovers? Can they force mistakes? And the Packers defense did that in the second half. And the Packers offense did not take advantage of it. And that's just what the story boils down to, unfortunately. But, like I said, we can talk about that field goal, decision to kick the field goal instead of going for it on fourth down. We'll talk about all that, but first we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur. He's coming up next year. He is going to explain that situation, explain some other coaching decisions, explain some of the errors they had, like having 12 men on the field multiple times and not capitalizing on certain scenarios. He's going to explain all of that coming up next year. We'll have his press conference on the Green and Gold Overtime Show. I'm Dan Plucker here on 1250 AM, The Fan. You're listening to Green and Gold OT with Dan Plucker on 1250 AM, The Fan. Things getting a little chippy here in Chiefs versus Bills. It's 38 to 21. Josh Allen just took like a 30-yard sack, and then he just got decked by a Chiefs player after the fact, after the play was over, whistles called. We'll see. Maybe the Bills will get another chance here, but let's get back to this Packers game. It's green gold overtime here on 1250 AM. The fan I'm Dan Plucker, a producer, executive producer for that matter on the Wendy's big show and the big show radio network from 10 to two. Now in front of a mic with you, the only show live and local here talking Packers with you in the city of Milwaukee right now. Call 414-799-1250 to get your thoughts in. First, we're going to go to Matt LaFleur here and then talking after the game. But when we come back to start off the next hour, I'll, I'll pitch the topic to you here. What do the Packers need to do to get back here again? As difficult as it is to get back to back to back NFC championship games, what do they have to do to get back here again next season? We'll talk about that coming up at 9 o'clock. First, let's get to Matt LaFleur here as he addressed the media and explained maybe some of the things that you're very curious about, including that field goal kick here on 1250 AM The Fan. Yeah, there he is, Packers coach Matt LaFleur. Tough to, tough to learn from it and move on as you lose back-to-back NFC Championship games as the Packers fall to the Buccaneers this season, 49ers last season. And he talked there about his relationship with Aaron Rodgers and said that he really hopes and wants to be, he said, I sure hope so, that he's the coach of Aaron Rodgers, the MVP of this season, or should be, and is expected to be very soon. Uh, And, I mean, who would not want to coach Aaron Rodgers at this point? But Aaron Rodgers had some... Very interesting and cryptic things to say after the game. We'll hear his post-game press conference coming up at 9.30. But first, next, we'll be talking about the Packers and what what they needed to do to get back here again. What they needed to do to three-peat to get to the NFC Championship game. So what do the Packers need to do to get back to the NFC Championship 
Again, we're the only show here in Milwaukee still talking about Packers Buccaneers. It's Green and Gold Overtime Hour 2 coming up next here on 1250 AM The Fan. You've heard what Gary and Sparky have to say about the Packers game. Now let's hear what Dan Plucker has to say on Green and Gold OT on 1250 AM The Fan. Yeah, it's me. It's Dan Plucker, usually on the other side of the glass for the Wendy's Big Show, now in front of a microphone talking to you as the Packers lose in the NFC Championship game for the second straight year, this time against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're in the Gene Wagner Plumbing Studios here in Milwaukee, and we are the only show out there right now still talking about this game and this loss with you. Air out your grievances, 414-799-1250. We're taking all comments and questions on this game, what's next for the Packers and everything beyond. And let's get into a little bit about what's next for this team. Because, frankly, LaFleur has been one of, he's off to one of the best starts in NFL history for a head coach. In your first two years as a head coach, you find ways to get all the way to the NFC Championship game and are 26-6 and in the regular season with one loss to an in-conference opponent. He's dominated the NFC North since he's got there, and now he has his quarterback playing at an MVP level with Aaron Rodgers. But it wasn't enough this season. Still, still there is something missing where this team is not good enough to get to a Super Bowl, and it's not getting any easier for them. This, this isn't going to magic be, be all rainbows and unicorns again coming into next season because they're losing some very valuable people on this football team. On the offensive side of the ball, Aaron Jones and Corey Lindsley, the two obvious and big names out there. Corey Lindsley, an all-pro this year, and the center of a very good offensive line, both literally and figuratively. And then you go to Aaron Jones, who... Led the team in touchdowns last year on the ground with 20 and broke a Packers record last season with 20 touchdowns. Didn't have a great performance today with two fumbles, but I mean, what <laughs> that it wasn't a great performance today, but a great season overall for him. And not only him, not only is he gone, but his backup is gone potentially. Jamal Williams on the way out the door. He's going to be a free agent as well, leaving AJ Dillon starting at running back and somebody who was a rookie this year or somebody that they draft as a rookie or someone they bring in as a potential center instead of Corey Lindsley on the defensive side of the ball for the first time in how long for how long did we hear fans whine and moan about this secondary and specifically the cornerback spot and now they finally have it locked down with Jair Alexander maybe being the best cornerback in football and showing it today with two picks. But Kevin King, he's a free agent. He's potentially out the door here in Green Bay, and maybe after today he should be with the multiple errors that he had on the football field. But for the most part, an improved season from him as well. And at one point, Matt LaFleur did say that he would take his 1-2 combo at corner over anybody else in the league. So... Where, where do we go from here? It does not get easier. The Packers have cap restrictions. They, they, have, they, they clearly don't have enough to win a Super Bowl. Tom Brady, a guy that is going to his 10th Super Bowl, now has as many NFC championships as Aaron Rodgers. They both have won. They both made the Super Bowl one time from the NFC side, 
And Tom Brady's been in the NFC for one season. What do the Packers have to do to get back there again? And what do the Packers have to do to beat Tom Brady? They're 0-2 against him this year. Clearly, they're not doing something right. And I and if Tom Brady plays again next year, which I think we all assume he will be, especially because the Buccaneers are in the Super Bowl right now and they have a loaded roster full of talent on both sides of the ball and figured out a way to get Antonio Brown, who I know didn't play today, but Antonio Brown, this wild, narcissistic maniac turned into a docile teddy bear with Tampa Bay, t- 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 with Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. So they, they have figured out a system. They, they have figured out what's right so quickly. Why have the Packers not been able to do that? What do they need to do that again? 414-799-1250, 414-799-1250. You can tweet at us at 1250 the fan. You can tweet at me at Dan Plucker. That's P-L-O-C-H-E-R on Twitter. Comment on Facebook. We'll get all of your reaction here on Green Gold Overtime. But, Sam, don't you just feel like, like, obviously at this point, you just lost to Tampa Bay. And now we're seeing the Chiefs win. They beat the Bills. It'll be Chiefs, Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. And and we're watching Andy Reid hug his wife. And we're watching Patrick Mahomes put on the NFC champion, the AFC championship hat and do a post-game interview. And all of the Chiefs players celebrating. What what do you think the Packers need to do to get to that point? Where you where you're not watching Patrick Mahomes up there, you're not watching Tom Brady up there. You're watching your quarterback and your team, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers up there. You got to retool, not retool, but, you know, kind of add depth to each and every facet of the game. I mean, special teams, you definitely got to take a look at. One of the worst in football. Right. Defense, there's positions that you're going to have to let go of players and, you know, figure out. I will say this, though. Thankfully for the Packers, the division's not getting any better. That's I mean, true. Next year, you're probably going to have to worry about the Minnesota Vikings, and the, you know the Bears will be probably 500 again. So at least the division is not going anywhere. So at least you have that going for you. But I will say this: I don't know as much as I want to say. Well, we got to you know sign players at this position or bring back this guy or you know whether it be Aaron Jones, Kevin King, or Corey Lindsley. I don't know what's going to happen with the cap going down. That's the huge thing. Yeah, there's going to be players from every team that are going to you know you're probably going to see superstar names being let go. So on top of dealing with that and figuring out who's going to be in free agency, I don't know. I mean, I think you ha- you you have to figure out what positions you're going to re-sign, whether it be Corey Lindsley. I do think you bring him back mm-hmm. because, look, it shows. If you don't have your starters on, on the offensive line, granted, nobody's a David Bakhtiari. I get that. But it just goes to show we all thought, you know, this Packers O-line was great with depth and all that. But once you have – a defense like this. Where and they a have, great defensive line like the Buccaneers. Right. Have. You have somebody at every single position, whether it be Vita Vea, you know, JPP, Shaq Barrett, and those guys, you're going to get exposed. Sue, yeah. That's so the whole list. I think it's just for Gutekinds and them, it's just a really in-depth look at the total roster and every facet. Mm-hmm. And you have to really just take a deep dive in every position. Yeah. I. <laughs> that's right on the head, Sam. And And if you look at it, I think it it starts with looking at your coaching staff. We've we we saw major major flaws in this Packers defense all season, and national media members 
and analysts alike ripping Mike Pettin to shreds, specifically today, and especially on that late touchdown in the first half to Scotty Miller. Tony Dungy, uh, legendary coach, Hall of Fame coach, tweeted out that it was one of the worst play calls that he has ever seen from a defensive coordinator on the last play of a half. And it was. And it was. It was. It straight up was. So when when you have people attacking, and, and I'm not, I, I hate calling for people's jobs. I'm not the type of guy that likes to go out there because this is this is a person. I think that's that's something that we don't do very well in sports when we ridicule people is like we don't necessarily always realize that this is this is a person. It's not just a figure in my imagination just on the television screen. This is somebody's job that we're talking about, their income, their family. But but at this point, it's it comes really hard, really difficult to justify what Mike Pettin has done with this team and with this defense. It, it, for, it's been a struggle since it's, – it's been the worst part of the team for the last two years since Matt LaFleur has taken over, outside well, of special teams. But, right. I mean, special teams is less important than defense. I mean, it probably doesn't get any easier, too, when – this is the defensive coordinator that you didn't even want to, you know, be your defensive coordinator to start your tenure. Tenure, exactly. Yeah, Matt Lafleur was was kind of stuck with Mike Pettin. I mean, he said he said because somebody asked him. I don't remember. It was a couple weeks ago, but uh, somebody asked Mike Pettin or asked Matt Lafleur, was it your decision to keep Mike Pettin or was it more on the Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst side of things? And he said, if I if I didn't want him as my head as my defensive coordinator, he wouldn't be here. And I think that was good for him to step up for his guy, but. Now we're looking at two straight years of the defense not living up to expectations. And sure, this year they were a borderline top 10, top 15 defense. But a lot of that came from playing not very impressive teams in the NFC North. The Lions, Bears, and Vikings were not very good. They didn't have these big offensive weapons and threats that you're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe we're playing this team. The Buccaneers, they do. (laughs) <laughs> and the Chiefs, who are in the Super Bowl, they do. How can we build the team more like those teams that are headed to the Super Bowl this year? How can we build a team more like the 49ers that were in the Super Bowl last year? There, It all starts with depth. And right now, I don't think the Packers necessarily have enough depth at several positions. And we'll get into that next here on Green Gold Overtime. I'll kind of break down what I'm thinking the Packers need to do outside of coaching staff more on the player personnel side of things. Again, I'm Dan Plucker, usually producing behind the glass for the Wendy's Big Show now in front of a mic. Looking forward to being with you for about another 45 minutes, 50 minutes here. And we'll also have Aaron Rodgers coming up for you at 930 here on Green Gold Overtime on 1250 AM The Fan. You're listening to Green and Gold OT with Dan Plucker on 1250 AM The Fan. There's a lot of unknowns going into this offseason now. And they just I'm gonna have to take some time away for sure and and clear my head and just kind of see what's going on with everything. But it's uh it's pretty tough right now, especially thinking about the guys that may or may not be here next year. There's always change, that's the only constant in this business. It's really tough to get to this point. Really, really tough. Especially with it only being one bye week in the playoffs. It's a grind just to get to this point. 
and that makes the finality of it all kind of hit you like a ton of bricks. That's why it's a gutting feeling in your stomach. Yeah, it is a gutting feeling. It does feel like being hit by a ton of bricks. Rodgers nailed it on the head there. It's not just for the Packers players themselves. It's for all of the devoted fans who have followed this team for the last 30-plus years of MVP quarterback play between Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. And walking away at this point with, I mean, Rodgers said it there, like, he doesn't know if he's going to be on this team next year. He doesn't know who's going to be on this team next year. This this could, um, prayerfully not, but this could have, be, have been the last time that we see this Packers team make it this far in a while. That's why we're asking you, what do the Packers need to do to get back to the NFC Championship game again this season? That's 414-799-1250, 414-799-1250. Tweet at us at 1250amthefan.com or... On Facebook, again, 1250amthefan.com. We'll try to get to each and every single one of you. We're the only remaining live and local post-game show here in the great city of Milwaukee. Call in now. I'm Dan Plucker. Again, usually behind the glass, now in front of a mic. And thankful for the opportunity to be talking to Packers fans despite a disappointing defeat at the hands of T- Tom, P- wow. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's tripped me up a couple of times tonight. Well, let's get back to this team. I mean, and and the struggles that they're going to be going through because I mean, here's the fact of the matter. I what what it comes down to is the draft this year. Because looking back at the 2020 draft, you picked for the future. And I and I understand. And I, I'll get into that in a little bit too. I understand now looking back in hindsight, I understand what the Packers did. Why why they did what they did picking Jordan Love. And I'll get to that in a little bit, but first this this upcoming year, with the amount of guys that you're losing and the caliber of players that you're losing, both potentially at the cornerback, running back, and center position, based on what Aaron Rodgers just said right there, he, he seems to know that this team is going to look different next year. This is not going to be the same roster, offensively or defensively. I would not be surprised if Preston Smith was a player that got cut because of how well Rashawn Gary played behind him this year, especially late in the season. Not necessarily today, but he's a guy that's going to be commanding more snaps because of how dominant he was at the closing parts of this season. So Darius Smith on the other side of the ball, that's still a great one-two combo. You save a little bit of money cutting Preston Smith, saying goodbye to him. Kevin King, it's going to depend. I mean... A performance like he had today might mean he's a cheaper option, but are they going to want to re-sign him with all of the health issues that he has? Are you going to want to take a gamble on a dude that you're not sure if he's going to be playing every other week? It, it's it's a tough scenario there on the defensive side of the ball. You, you go to offense, Corey Lindsley is a staple of that offensive line, and if you listen to David Bakhtiari on the big show Back when we were on 1250, he joined us every single week, and that man touted praise left and right for Corey Lindsley because Lindsley is a hell of a football player. And he told us that Lindsley does just as much as he does helping Aaron Rodgers pre-snap. And that, that to me was kind of baffling. I didn't realize that he had that big of a role. He's calling out coverages. He's reading all of these different things. And helping Aaron Rodgers be the MVP quarterback that Aaron Rodgers is. Let's look at the running back room. 
It's it went from a three-headed monster and you can switch between any one of them to now just AJ Dillon, a rookie, a second-year guy next year who's going to be the lead back if they don't fork out the money to pay Aaron Jones probably top 3 money and Jamal Williams, maybe he takes a smaller deal, but I don't think he takes a smaller deal if he's not a starter. Jamal Williams has has proved this season when Aaron Jones has been hurt that he can start and be a starting caliber running back in this league. So now you're sitting here and you're thinking, wow, that's a lot of talent. That's a lot of big names that may not be on this roster next season. So if you're looking at the 2021 draft and if the Packers truly believe that this window is not over, they have to draft for now. They cannot draft for next year or the year after the yet that or the Jordan Love era, whenever that begins. They have to draft for now with the holes that are now coming in because they did not draft for now last season. What do you think? 414-799-1250. We got Jim on the line. Jim is in Rockford. Jim, welcome to Big Show OT. I'm Dan Plucker. Hi there. First time listening to your show. I'm really enjoying it. Appreciate it, Jim. Well, what I had to say is uh, I think, you know, the drafting of Dylan totally they totally knew that Jones was on his way out. Uh, they just can't afford him. But, on the other hand, they have to find Lindsley as, as the center. That guy is just incredible. He is. No doubt about it, Jim. Thanks for the call. Part of me wonders, though, if if Lindsley's on his way out, too. Because the Packers, the one th- need, I guess you could say, that they did draft last season was they picked three offensive linemen. Like, let's not kid ourselves here. They picked John Runyon. They ki- picked Stepaniak. And I can't remember the third off the top of my head. Hanson. Hanson, thank you. They picked those three guys late in the draft for sure. But we saw John Runyon could hold his own this season. And, and he's not a center. I'll give him that. But he played a little bit of guard, played a little bit of tackle, I think, throughout the year. And maybe their solution is they're moving Jenkins, the all-pro, to center and sticking John Runyon in at right guard. I, I, I wouldn't advise it. I don't think that's necessarily the smartest thing. I think you have a much, much weaker offensive line because of it. But if they're looking for cost-cutting ways to get this football team set for 2021, maybe that's the way they look at it. Maybe they're considering... You know, being a little bit cheaper on the offensive line. Ellen Jenkins is still on his rookie deal. He's going to be have to get getting paid soon. Jair Alexander the same. Is Devontae Adams going to be coming into the Jordan Love era? Because if he is, he's going to have to get paid too. There, there's a lot of big names coming up. They have a lot, a lot of financial decisions that they have to make. Which means, because of that, they have to take advantage of the cheap ones. They have to win in this draft. We can't have C grades in the draft like they had in 2020. And sure, some of those players may develop into superstars. They might be Aaron Aaron Dillon. A.J. Dillon may be the best running back since Ahmed Green. Who knows? And maybe Jordan Love is a, a surefire starter in the NFL. But those positions did not help the Packers in 2020. They didn't. A.J. Dillon a little bit. I'll give him credit. He he played he played well, but I mean it showed today. I expected AJ Dillon to have more of a role today from start, from the get go. He's a bigger guy. I mean, literally, you saw him with that one carry where he had Levante David on his back for eight yards. Like that's the kind of ground and pound that 
we all expected. Like Packers, Packers fans in general, when you're thinking Lambeau Field, you're thinking I'm going to kick the teeth out of the team on the other side of the ball and we're going to run it down your throat. And that's kind of what Matt LaFleur said when they picked A.J. Dillon. And in his justification, he said when we get into those games in the winter and once we're making that Super Bowl run, we're going to ground and pound with A.J. Dillon. That didn't happen today. It didn't. So what can what can the excuse be there? I, I don't know. Brian, do you have answers for me? Brian and Lannon. Brian, what do you got for me? You know, I'd like to speak about the speed of the game. Uh, watching uh, the later uh, the later game between the Chiefs and the Bills, mm-hmm. it just seems that the speed of the game. Uh, we need we need to address that a little bit. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're playing at a different pace, aren't they? They are. They are. You know, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, you just. I just get a feeling that um, you know the speed. The speed of the game is uh, is changing, like every every so you know few years. Uh, uh, you know there's changes in the game, and right now it's it's speed. It's all about speed, it's, absolutely, it's, Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for the call, and and that's what I think the Packers are trying to counter. Like I I understand. Like the the thrill and the enjoyment of having a player like Tyreek Hill, who's lightning quick and literally nicknamed Cheetah. Like I get that, but but I don't think that's the way this Packers team wants to be built. They want to be built like Tennessee. They want to be the 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 catalyst to that. They want to be a team that can move the football slowly, methodically down the field. And I think there's still a place in this game for that because the way that you beat a team like Patrick Mahomes isn't by playing defense and and beating him that way. It's by by not letting him hold on to the football, by not giving them possessions. So if you can run the ball, if you can establish a run, you're going to win football games in this league, flat out. Like, sure, it's it's great to see Patrick Mahomes throw 40, 75-yard bombs to Tyreek Hill and to Travis Kelsey, but the less opportunities that he has to do that by running the football, by maintaining the clock and keeping advantage in that way the less likely they are going to win football games. So I I get the philosophy of wanting to get faster, but there is room in this league for counters to that. And I think that's what the Packers and Matt LaFleur want to build. But there's one one last thing I wanted to touch on here, um, and we'll get to Kevin in Chicago. Before we talk to Aaron Rodgers here on Green Gold Overtime, we'll listen to his press con- his post-game press conference. I wish I was actually talking to him, but that's not the case. It's the post- his post-game press conference where he had some uh, interesting things to say, to say the least. But with, with as much as, I- as I've ridiculed this Packers draft in the last few minutes here, I am... I, I suddenly have become all aboard the Jordan Love pick, and here's why. And some of you may disagree, and if you want to call in, 414-799-1250. But here's why the Jordan Love pick has been justified in my eyes. Let's let's look at the draft this year. Think of all of the football teams in the NFL that need a quarterback right now. Count them. The Lions, they're trading Stafford. The 49ers, you could argue. Jimmy Garoppolo, not great. The Bears, Maybe the Vikings are looking to replace Kirk Cousins after the year that he had. Very unimpressive. The football team out there in Washington, they're looking for a quarterback. Maybe the Panthers. The Saints, if Drew Brees is on his way out. The Steelers. The Jaguars. 
The list goes on and on. There are so many teams in the NFL right now that need a quarterback. And the Packers have two of them on their roster right now. They have two. They have their future solidified, hopefully, in their eyes with Jordan Love, while all of these other teams in the league are going to be scavenging for quarterbacks in a draft that's not necessarily very deep with them. You have Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, uh, Trey Lance, who a couple of those guys I've mentioned are already question marks. You have one surefire guy in Trevor Lawrence. Outside of that, you're taking a shot in the dark. And sure, that's what the Packers did, but they did it last year when not every team was searching for a quarterback. And in a game like this, in a day like this, where they lose an NFC Championship game and you think, what ifs? What if they had a Justin Jefferson? What if they had an extra linebacker to help out? What if they had a corner? What if they would have picked X wide receiver, X offensive lineman? I get it. But but if you look, this team was still a successful team in 2020, despite a Jordan Love pick. And they are in a better situation in the future because of it. Do you have the same opinion as me? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. We will have Aaron Rodgers here coming up next. He is. He had a couple of very interesting comments. He was... He was secretive. He was not happy, just as any quarterback would be when you lose the NFC Championship game. You'll hear all of that coming up next here on 1250 AM, The Fan. You're listening to Green and Gold OT with Dan Plucker on 1250 AM, The Fan. It is Dan Plucker here in the Gene Wagner Plumbing Studios. It's Green and Gold OT here on 1250 AM. The fan breaking down the Packers' loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game. We're we're actually a little bit of change in the schedule here last minute. Mike Clemens is going to join us in a couple of minutes. But first, let's talk to you. What do the Packers need to do to get back to the NFC Championship game? We're talking Jordan Love. We're talking Aaron Rodgers. Let's go to Kevin in Chicago. He's been holding on the longest. Kevin, what do you got for me? You're on Green Gold OT. Kevin. All right, bye, Kevin. Uh, let's go to Anthony in Muskego. Anthony, you're on Green Gold OT. Yeah, look, I love the optimism about the Jordan Love pick, and I, I hear what you're saying about there's a lot of teams in the NFL looking for a quarterback going forward, but it's hard to feel vindicated about Jordan Love for several reasons. For one, uh, hopefully, I mean, Aaron Rodgers coming off, obviously, a fantastic season, MVP year, Packers fell short today, but a great season. Rodgers should be our quarterback for the next several years, uh, clearly. Uh, Jordan Love really didn't have an offseason. We didn't even get to see him in a preseason game, and he was never even on the active roster. So I think to right. say that we're in a better position than some of these teams looking for a quarterback in the future, I don't necessarily know that's true. We don't even know what we have with Jordan Love. Hopefully he turns out. He, you know, um, His last season at Utah State was pretty poor statistically. The season before that, there was a lot of time there. You know, it remains to be seen. Yeah. Obviously, hope he turns out. As far as uh, right now, like that's great and to want to feel rosy about that looking towards the future, but the fact is we have the MVP of the league at that position right now. He's no doubt, Tom Anthony. Brady, who's 42, 43 years old, he's still playing at the top level of any quarterback in this league, uh, arguably this season, and that's why he's the MVP. That's why the Packers got to this point. That's why they're a number one seed in large part. Because of Aaron Rodgers. You're so, right. Absolutely, right. Anthony. Thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. We got to get to Clemens. Joe from Bayview. Yeah. Tell me what you think. 
I just want to say, I think it stuttered. I blame Ted Thompson for not picking T.J. Watt. And secondly, I think that Gore, I think they should trade Love for like somebody that we can use now and take a gamble on a quarterback in the in the future. And I really do feel sorry for Aaron Rodgers. He's been there so many times, and it's like he's what one in four in playoffs. In the NFC Championship games, yeah, he's yeah, one he in four. Horrible. It is horrible. Looked- Joe, I appreciate the call. Thanks yep. for thanks for calling. Yep. Here on Green Gold OT. And guys, I want to say one more thing here about Jordan Love. And then we'll get to Mike Clemens. So, I know we didn't see him. We didn't see him in a playoff game. Or we didn't see him in a regular season game. He was he was not on the active roster at all. He wasn't in the preseason. But isn't that just a little bit of the genius of all of this? Matt LaFleur, maybe, maybe he's not better than Tim Boyle is right now. But there is zero tape on Jordan Love. There's none. Not a single tape that you can see in his professional career of Jordan Love. So if Aaron Rodgers does decide, God willing he doesn't, but if, if for whatever reason he decides, you know, my time in Green Bay is up, and he, he asks for a trade, which if you listen to his press conference after the game today, there, there is a slight possibility of that being the case. Some of it just frustration, pure frustration. I totally understand that. It's he's lost four straight NFC championship games. And this time everybody's been saying it's because they haven't had home field. It's because they haven't had home field. They had home field and they still lost. There's pure frustration in that situation. But if he decides that he's done in green Bay, you have a guy in waiting and a system in place that works a proven system. Matt LaFleur, has run it very well the last two seasons. Kurt Warner joined the big show last week and said the Packers are the best at what they do in running this system. Better than Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. Better than all the guys before it. They run it better than anybody. And sure, that's because of an MVP quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. But we've seen system quarterbacks make the Super Bowl in the past. And the likelihood of Jordan Love being an MVP, a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, maybe not be high. But at least to start, if next year, some wild scenario, he's the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, there is no film on him out there. Let's get Mike Clemens' opinion on this. Mike Clemens, our embedded green and gold insider, joins the fan now. Mike, how are you today? Uh, Talking to some guys in the press box, and we're trying to figure out how to cancel our flights to Tampa. (laughs) Because, you know, we thought that we were going to be very busy over the next 10 days down there. Um, I, here's like my first two or three top impressions. Um, first of all, I don't understand why as the game wore on, we did not see that Shanahan LaFleur off. Yeah. I don't understand what they moved away from it. Where were the motions? And the other thing is that after a while, um, you know, after Rogers got sacked about the fourth or fifth time or hurried or whatever, Mm -hmm. run the damn football. You got Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams looked great today. You know, late in the game, they had Jamal return a kick. Did you see him fight for another 10 yards? Absolutely. It was the best kick return of the season. <laughs> Jamal Williams was the hot hand out there today. And A.J. Dillon made it. I don't and, and they did. They did come up with that drive in the second half where they ran the ball, and they ended up you know, getting a score. But if anything, it keeps Brady off the field, and you start pounding away. Man, I'll tell you what, in person – in person, 
that Buccaneers defensive line, they're huge. They're huge. A very underrated part of that team, for sure. Not only just because Vitas, I mean, they're just monsters. And for JPP, I mean, for this guy to blow off his hand on a firework, you know, and get traded out by the Giants, and it's been almost 10 years since he's been in a Super Bowl, and the other season and the injuries, didn't he have like a neck a year or two ago? And here's this guy with a couple of sacks, two, three sacks in this game today. And, you know, they bring in guys like Nadamika Sue. You know, they bring in these bad boys off the street, mm-hmm. you know, like Leonard Fournette. Right. Who went to jail after the Jaguars, you know, got rid of him. They bring these guys in and they get hot at the right time. And they are a tough, physical team to put a beat down. And then at the end of the day, it sounds cliche. Dan, but I'm telling you, Tom Brady is just, he's got such a presence over that entire team on that sideline. And he he did the same thing that Favre did 10 years ago. He just kind of looked at a roster and said, this is stale. This isn't going anywhere. And I know a team or two out there with this, that's got a bunch of free agents that I think I can make a run at. And the only difference is that, you know, even though the picks that Brady threw, they weren't killers. And he's going to a Super Bowl, and it's it's. I, I'm I'm am very surprised that Matt Lafleur seemed to blink today in terms of right. his play calling, and the the Buccaneers had some tremendous plays. They got Mike Evans wide open in the corner on Kevin King, and Brady is just standing back there throwing touch passes to guys that were wide open. I. I don't know if you listened to the end of Lafleur's presser. Mm-hmm. We all kind of agree here in the press box. There were a couple of things that he hinted about. You know, I got to look at the tape. He is not pleased with what he was seeing schematically from the defense. Do you think that means uh, a departure? I'll put it that way uh, for the defensive coordinator, Mike Patton. I think he's got to uh, recover emotionally. I think he's going to go over that tape tomorrow, and then he's going to have exit interviews with players. And then he's going to talk to Patton. He's, you know, there's a process, and you have to simmer down and, and make it cool. But uh, you know what? I also know that maybe in the back of his head, maybe it's something he was thinking about. You know, he's had a depth chart, you know. Right. And there's a couple of guys out there that got hired, maybe as head coaches. It's always got to be in the back of your mind if you're a good head coach or a good general manager. You've always got to have, well, what's my next move? What's my options? What is my team missing? But, you know, they – that defense did come together. When Adrian Amos moved in for Raven Green, he played his heart out, and he became a leader on the team. But I don't know why Zadarius, and part of it is this, is this COVID thing and our access to these guys, but you know they, they did put helmets on guys and come together and, and play through the whistle through December and getting into the playoffs. But today, once again, they were just out physical at the end of the day. And frankly, out skiing. I mean, Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich called a hell of a game. They and did. The Packers seem to be stymied. Absolutely. And, Mike, whenever Nick Collins joins us, you were, you're talking about, like, the JPPs, the Indomitian Sues, the Leonard, For- Leonard Fournettes of the world that are on this Buc- – Antonio Brown, even, that's on this Buccaneers roster. Nick Collins always says, when he comes on our station, that the Packers – not yeah, Nick Collins. No, Jermichael Finley. He's the one I'm thinking of. He always says that there's not a junkyard dog mentality in this mm-hmm. locker room. What what That's, what do you say about that after a game like we saw today? Because you know, and this goes back to Ted, and this goes back to Brian Goodikinst uh, learning under Ted is that they're 
very particular about what kind of a character they bring back into this locker room. And it turned out, you know, Snacks Harrison's actually a pretty even-keeled guy, acts like a veteran. And, of course, Tremont, they were bringing him along for the ride. Maybe they could get Tremont a ring. And if they started losing guys, you know, then you got a veteran you could throw into that game rather than a kid if you were down suddenly two corners or a safety and, and that kind of thing. You know, he's just a, a veteran spare tire uh, going into this game. But, yeah, I think that's something LaFleur's got to think about. Maybe he needs a little bit more of a Seahawks Legion of Boom attitude. Maybe he needs another guy or two in there that's going to get some helmet-to-helmet penalties, but they're going to smack people around. Did you see the smacking around that the Buccaneers put on those guys? And Definitely. And what a shame, well, except for the, the pass to MVS, what a shame that – when Whitehead left, they're missing their two starting safeties, and you can't find a way to get the ball down the middle of the field right. with Aaron Rodgers back there at quarterback. So, Mike, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, and last week the Buccaneers held Michael Thomas to no catches, no yards, and this week Devontae Adams only 67 yards and a score nine receptions, but not the output that we've been used to from him this season. What did you see out there that – really made the difference for the Buccaneers D. I couldn't figure it out really because I was just trying to look at like, is there a double team? Is there a safety that's coming over the top on him? I, I know that Sean Murphy bunting, that kid's really been coming on and he had a pick last week. When Drew Brees' wife came out this past week and revealed the extent of his injuries, including his arm and the punctured lung and all that, I mean, that was 75% of Drew Brees last week. His longest pass was 16 yards. So that made me think, oh, see, if, if, when I watched the game that we covered in person you know, with Tampa, 38-10, to 10, the Packers losing that one. And then this one that they just lost, that the Saints lost to the Buccaneers. Uh, to me, and I said this on Friday, if you don't turn the ball over, you know, and you and you just follow through in your execution. I think you'd be able to beat these Bucks, but they did have a couple of turnovers. That's what killed the Saints was the turnovers and giving Tom Brady a short field. Um, and then you know that's what made the difference today. I um, I don't know, man. I uh, it just with with by the end of the first quarter, it already looked a little bit like the 49ers that the game was too big for this young Packers coaching staff. And, and some of those players up against all of those junkyard dog badasses that are on that Buccaneers team. Absolutely. we got time for one more question for you, Mike. Talking to our embedded Green Gold reporter, Mike Clemens, here on Green Gold Overtime. Mike, we heard Rodgers and what he said in his postgame press conference about the question of the future. What do you think the Packers have to do to get back here again? Um, boy, they're not going to sign Aaron Jones, you know. Uh, and that's a shame. Um, I guess probably it, it, all I can think of is they're going to add to the defense again. They're going to have to try and again add to linebackers, and 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 to find you know one more guy like that that they can add to their repertoire. They're going to have to find a new corner because Kevin King ain't coming back. Um, you know that's probably what they're going to do is feed the defense again, and yet they've got to find a, a better a different attitude. And if that's the case, then they're going to have to find a different defensive coordinator. Right. One last thing for you. So you mentioned Kevin King. You mentioned Aaron Jones. Is Corey Lindsley coming back? Uh, I don't think so. I had my mind made up on that in November when I looked at the track record of this team. 
you know, when you ask Scott Wells and J.C. Treader, and you know, the list goes on and on and on. They just don't sign centers. They they sign left tackles. They'll give a they'll get a guard a couple of a dollars to stay for another four years, like a Lucas Patrick, et cetera. But I I and with some of the injuries that Corey's had. They've probably already got their next center already on the roster. Right. Mike, good stuff as always. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. Thanks to all the listeners. All right. He is Mike Clemens talking to you on the uh, the hotline. Sam, you got that read for me? Yep. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe. And let Great Meadows Bank help you experience a steady banquility. Get started at greatmiddlesbank.com. All right, we got one more segment to go. Two callers on the line. We'll get to hopefully both of you next here on Green and Gold Overtime. I'm Dan Plucker. You're listening to Green and Gold OT with Dan Plucker on 1250 AM, The Fan. It was just uh, the circumstances of having three shots and coming away with no yards. Um and knowing that you not only need the touchdown, but you'd need the two point. So the way I was looking at it was we essentially had four timeouts with the two minute warning. You know, we, we knew we needed to get a stop and I thought we were going to have a stop there at the end, but you know, they, we got called for, for the PI. It didn't work out. So I think anytime something doesn't work out, do you regret it? Sure. Yeah. And that is going to be a regret. From Matt LaFleur and a lot of Packers fans for the future. That's that's unfortunately that decision and a couple other things in this game are going to be pointed back to as I can't believe this is why we lost to the Buccaneers and to Tom Brady in his first year in the NFC. The Packers missed their opportunity to make the Super Bowl for the second straight year in the NFC Championship game. It's the final segment of Green and Gold Overtime. I'm Dan Plucker, the producer of the Wendy's Big Show, and now hosting here, Green and Gold OT, talking to you after Packers games. Let's get to you. Final segment here, Kevin in Chicago. What do you got for me, Kevin? Oh, man, I'm not this kind of guy, but that the uh, the officials, the refs, refs to me were uh, the big change in the game. The no call the first or second quarter with uh, Lazard versus the call they gave him the first down in the fourth quarter. I mean, it doesn't really change much how we played, but it's uh, you got to call it both ways. Absolutely, you know Kevin. Like, yeah, to, I got like, two more guys. I got to get to you. Thanks yeah, for the yeah. call. I appreciate it. So, I mean, he he's on the money. That 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 call was preposterous for when it was called, how late it was called, and it was so different from how they were calling the rest of that football game. Nick in Greenfield. Nick, you're on Green and Gold Overtime with Dan Plucker. Thank you very much. I mean, to me, it is as hard with Aaron Rodgers, the best ratio of touchdowns to interceptions in NFL history, and then Tom Brady has three interceptions, and we can't win the game. I mean, for some people to say he's the best, you know, in the like, most talented quarterback of all time, and he can't pull it off, and granted, defense, it, it, it is a team sport, but, I mean, come on. Yeah. Interceptions, Tom Brady. You're you're right, Nick. I'll put or thanks for the call. And geez, I mean, you pick off the greatest of all time three times in a football game, and you still can't find a way to beat him. And you still can't find a way to beat this Buccaneers team. You, you got opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and the Packers just could not get it done. And we just heard Matt Lafleur in his comment about deciding to kick a field goal instead of going for a touchdown there. And he obviously regretted. Of course, when it doesn't work out, you regret regret it. But 
It was just a puzzling decision. I think so many people were wondering why he made that decision. Ron in Rome, you're the last caller here on Green Gold Overtime. What do you got for me, Ron? Good show, Dan. Appreciate you know, it. So many times this year when we're starting to get some momentum and we're catching up and we have a, we have a great offensive uh, series, and then our special teams have the 40, 60, 80 yard or a, or a touchdown return, and we can't ever get four yards on a return. Uh, we need a new special teams coach. We could have had Darren Rizzi, but we were too cheap. I think he probably wanted a million dollars. And I'm going to be really sick if Sean Menang is back next year. Absolutely, Ron. There's definitely some gripes to be had there in the special teams unit. And it showed today as well. I mean, there were plenty of returns that the Buccaneers had that went a little bit too long. None of them obviously broke free. There was no punt or kick returns for a touchdown. But there were a couple that had you a little bit nervous. They they had a couple big plays there on those two categories. And honestly, like, J.K. Scott's just not that good of a punter. Like, like... I'm sorry, he's not. They 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 spent a draft pick on him, and it was a mistake. Like he he has this year, he was not a very good punter at all, and he hardly had to punt for his own sake. Like I'll I'll give him the respect there. So of course he's not going to have the averages and all of that kind of stuff. But that's not what you want. You don't want to be the John Foxes of the Detroit Lions being the number one punter in the NFL. That's not what you want. Like you don't want your punter to be on the field very much at all. And J.K. Scott wasn't, but when he was. He did not punt the football very well, just straight up. And returning-wise, uh, he was right on. Uh, Ron and Rome was right on. Uh, the, I mean, Sam and I were just talking about it, the producer here. And when was the last time the Packers had a legitimate kick-punt returner? It was Desmond Howard, and it's been right. years since that. That was the last time they won – or not the last time, but the second-to-last time that they won a Super Bowl. And it shows you how what a, what kind of role special teams can have. Desmond Howard, two huge returns in that game and a touchdown in that game. Like, that that's, can be game-changing material from a unit that a lot of people just throw to the side. And that's kind of what the Packers have done the last couple of years. They've had a revolving door of kick and punt returning, returners. Mike Clemens even was like, Jamal Williams was returning kicks today out of nowhere. Like, that was I think that was the first time this season we've seen that for a, a full game base at the, a basis at the very least. Yeah, special teams, certainly a problem for this team. And a lot of problems now going into the offseason. I mean, Mike Clemens just told us he doesn't expect Corey Lindsley to be back. He doesn't expect Kevin King to be back. He doesn't expect Aaron Jones to be back. This is going to be a much different roster and a much different team heading into 2021 season. And But we'll still be here. 12.50 a.m. The Fan will still be here. We'll still have the best Packers coverage in the state for you. And it doesn't stop tonight. Tomorrow, starting at 5 a.m., Sam Schmitz on the Bart Winkler pregame show. Bart Winkler takes over after that. Then the big show on the Big Show Radio Network from 10 to 2. 2 to 6, Rami and Tim with Ryan Horvat filling in all day, all the time. We have the best Packers coverage in the state. For Sam Schmitz, I'm Dan Plucker. What a great show we had today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And on to next year. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.